gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, and we are super excited today. Now, you know me, you know I'm an excitable guy, but uh, as a diehard Kansas City, and we have had some phenomenal guests on the Fundamism Podcast. We've had Travis Kelsey, we've had Bob Kendrick, we've had Abby Eden, we've had James Krause, we've had Neil Smith, but again, as a diehard Kansas City, and this is like the coup de gras to me. I've been waiting on this one for a while. Guys, this one is going to be awesome. Awesome. Uh, before I get to this wonderful young man, I would love to shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle has been with us from the jump. Uh, just, a, just a lowly little guy, a startup podcast, and now we're in and out of the top 100. Thanks to not just the support of Charlie Hustle, but you, the Fundamentalism Podcast listener. So if you know nothing of charliehustle.com and that Kansas City heart that our guest is wearing today, please go to charliehustle.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the current mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, what's good, man? Hey, it is great to be with you. I'm glad to be on the Fundamentalism, Fundamentalism Podcast. And I will say this, um, you know, I'm sorry you guys couldn't get like an even bigger guest. That's a great list of people. You just got the guy with a government job at this point, you know, but no, it is, it's great to be with you. Looking forward to the conversation. Listen, I love that self-deprecation. Uh, I know all too well what that's like. I see you on cable channels all over the place these days. So don't get it twisted. You're a good get. Um, and I've been trying to get you for a while. We'll talk about that because you really made an impact on me uh, roughly a year ago. But before we do, uh, Mayor Q, can I call you Mayor Q? You prefer Mayor Absolutely. Q? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you sure can. Mayor Q just sounds so uh, crisp to me. So uh, Mayor Q, uh, what do you do for fun? The people want to know. So, you know, there are a few different things. So I used to run a lot more. That was my form of working out and all that sort of stuff. As anybody who runs knows, sometimes that mileage gets on your knees. And I made the mistake of actually of going skiing last year, uh, like right before a Chiefs game. I was in Denver, caught my flight in time, was here for the divisional playoffs, but nevertheless, like destroyed my knees. So this summer, I got a little bit more into hiking, right? We had a lot of time, great hiking trails actually around the Kansas City Metro. I have enjoyed that. At first, I didn't really know what hiking was all about, but then I just realized it's like walking. And uh, so it turns out I like to walk around outside, which is kind of the simplest hobby, but it is beautiful, clears your mind. I encourage it for everybody. And really, if you dress warmly enough, you can keep doing it for most of the year. For sure. Well, listen, I, I, uh, that's something that really resonates with me as a, a father of two, our family. You, you met my uh, loving wife uh, at the Tyron Matthew uh, mm -hmm. foundational dinner, which was a lot of fun. Um, we love to go outside. We love to, I wouldn't call it hikes. Uh, because our children are seven and four, but we do walk outside <laughs> regularly. And uh, that is a featured fundamental. So greatly appreciate you sharing that, my friend. I know that sometimes it's difficult to gravitate more towards what lifts you up as opposed to the things that don't. And uh, as you may have noticed, we start every podcast with what's good, because I think right now in society, you know better than anybody, there's a lot of stuff in our face and sometimes that we even gravitate to that isn't good. And so with you, um, I admire you so dang much because you're always in the limelight. You're always trying to provide solutions to individual problems. And sometimes those solutions could be, uh, they could be a problem for others. So how do you manage your own stress and anxiety and people's, uh, 
competing priorities in your position in public office? So, you know, what I will say is this almost relates back to when I was growing up, I ran track, which hard to believe because you're just really running like in straight lines. I was a sprinter, too. So the hundred was my race. But, um, you know, I had a coach who told me all the time, you really just have to let yourself learn and and be willing to understand all the things going on around you. And so what I would say is actually a part of it was was growing up. What do I mean by that? I mean, like at the beginning, I took offense from a lot of things. Um, and you could kind of read the online comments way too long. And you realize, and you know this from having talked to athletes over the years and a lot of other famous people, you, you can't get caught up in that. Instead, you have to say, hey, did I show up? Did I do my job to the best of my ability? Are there ways I can improve? Am I being as responsive as I can? But then after that, you go on your hike or you go walk around or you talk to your family or you do that, that next thing that's important. With people that get so stuck in what is every comment or what is everyone thinking? I know it's my job to make sure I listen, but for me, it's also very important to make sure, hey, I made a choice. We're gonna stand by that choice. And then we're gonna kind of hear feedback, but also keep moving ahead because that's what Kansas City needs, right? We, we're not gonna wallow in our past. Instead, we're gonna say, what can we do that's better? I love it. Yes. Obviously, you can't move forward when you're consistently looking in the rearview mirror, not to be cliche, but uh, everything you said is 100% accurate. And I know that there's a lot of people that do get caught up in the comments. And we're not just talking about celebrities or public figures. We're talking about individuals that are, that are chilling at work and they hear the locker room talk or they're getting into these dramatic conversations or uh, the, the social divisiveness right now or what side of the political landscape you lie on? I mean, politics, am I right? Uh, but but what, I, what I find really interesting about this right now is you're a, you're a gentleman that, that presents yourself to be a very lighthearted, uh, very kind-hearted uh, and fun. And so you're now in an office at a, at a critical time in our society, in our nation's growth, in our city's growth, where there's a lot, there's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of hot button topics or issues. So as you're navigating all of that, what do you specifically do um, outside of listening? I know you go on your hike, your hike and whatnot. Let me take a step back. Why did you even get into this? Like I look at this scope and I see you and, and what you're about. And I think to myself, I don't know that I can handle the pressure and managing everybody's personalities and priorities like you do. Why did you choose to? You know, it, it, it's interesting. And actually part of, and I know we'll talk about it later, how Paul and I met is, um, you know, we're both, we're both fun people, I think very optimistic. A lot of what shapes, I think the optimism we have is how we have persevered through struggles of, of our past. And, and every human has them. I'm not saying that we're, we're different than anybody else. And so I think much of what I saw in life from a young way was not, hey, what was a barrier thrown in our way? Whether it was homelessness or, you know, some sort of financial challenge. It is instead kind of, hey, how can I make it better for somebody else? How can I make it so that next kid who's dealing with this issue knows that there is support out there? So the, the single mom who reaches out, and I'll tell you what, that probably makes me the happiest each day because I get um, a decent number of actually, a, a single moms will call and say, I'm looking for mentors for my son or my daughter, or I, you know, I don't know where to turn for this, that, or the other activity. That's why these jobs are so important. It, it's not to get in a back and forth about whatever. And, and look, yeah, I'm, 
I have to get elected, so I'm in politics. But so often I say, why does it have to be so negative? You know, during the summer, as you all may remember, there were a decent number of debates about everything, it seems. And what I always told people was, you know, it's not an either or. It's not black or white. It's, it's more about how do we all work together to build something better? You know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to be around. And if we're not around, our next generation or whatever. And so we have to make sure we're laying out, I think, a template that shows people how we can get along, how we can agree. And I will tell you this, and this is something that I'm a huge Chiefs fan, big Royals fan too, but um, I had upper deck seats, upper level seats at Arrowhead for years before I got into this job. And I loved being in the 300 level because that's where everybody is, right? Republicans, Democrats, people from the inner city, people from the country, people who were black, white, whatever. And we all kind of got along and we united around something and it was awesome. And the Chiefs would win most of the time. Yes. And that was the sort of thing that by and large could bring us together. And for me, it may not always be a Chiefs game. Maybe it is, it's a nice day outside. Maybe it is, hey, let's all rally around doing something cool for the future of Kansas City. That to me is kind of how we make that level of difference. And so that's where I think the change can come from. 100%. And uh, I'd like to get into a little bit of how we met um, now, but, but prior to that, one thing that you said, it really is the defining characteristic of fun for me. And uh, so fun is an acronym for all of you fundamentalism followers. The F of course stands for foundation. And this is everything that makes you, you. And uh, your, your experiences in life, whether it's a, in the upper deck at that Chief Stadium or being homeless or, uh, you know, Arrowhead Stadium or, or yeah. you know, your, your friends and family that either did you wrong or lifted you up, whatever it may be, it helps shape your perspective and who you are. The you, of course, is understanding perspectives. And that's what we're doing right now with Mayor Quentin Lucas. We're understanding his perspective, uh, what what gravitated him towards public office. And then we're going to get into the next steps of, uh, of how do we all come together and work together to focus more on what's good as opposed to what's not. But, but focusing on this foundational element of fun, uh, you and I met and, and you stick out like a sore thumb because you got this, this confidence, you got this aura around you and there's no stranger in the room. And I'm guessing you were like that long before you became mayor. And so I'm not a gentleman that's really, um, I'm not really uh, magnetized towards like title or individual or whatever, because what I know about people is people just want to be recognized as people, right? And when you talk to individuals like an individual instead of a title, then it makes people feel good, right? And so I'm sure that people come up to you all the time and they're Mayor Q, Mayor Q, and I want to talk to you about this and that. I saw you and uh, I just, you had this smile that lit up the room at, at this charity event. So I walked up to you, I shook your hand and we had a conversation. And uh, I said, I would love to have you on the Fundamism podcast. And you said, I'd love to be on the Fundamism podcast. And I said, well, Mayor Q, this is great because I've been reaching out to your team. I've been trying everything on Twitter and I can't, I just can't for the life of me work it out. And you said, well, hey, don't worry about all that. Here's my number. You contact me and let's make it happen. And in that moment, I realized this is a real one. Like this is a guy that recognizes the true power of relationships. Where did that come from in you? A lot of people cared about me who had no reason to. Um, I So, you know, background story, grew up, raised by a single mom. And uh, for a while, we lived in Hutchinson, Kansas. If any of you are That's South Central Kansas. all camp out there in the house. Uh, <laughs> and I still remember like the people who would care, the people who care about me, it, it made it to this day, Paul, it like makes no sense. 
there was the nicest older guy, older white guy, right? So we're, we're different races, different backgrounds. I have this, I'm in this really young family and he would give me his national geographics. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Letting your younger viewers know, like we had to actually look at magazines back in the day. Like, <laughs> The, the internet wasn't really a thing. So we were just like, oh, wow, I'm learning about the world. But, uh, you know, he would give National Geographics. They, I think they let me like watch an Indiana Jones movie on VHS, like these things where I was like, wow, somebody cares. And you realize that that wasn't the last person. You realize along the way, there are all these people that were just fundamentally building a relationship not to extract something, right? They, they didn't, they didn't want any type of consideration from a, a seven-year-old. Yes. Instead, what they were trying to do was just say, hey, you know what? You're, you're loved in this world. You care about it and all of that. And to, and to use the cliche, you know, pay it forward someday. And that's always been me. You know, you can, and there may be some people watching. In fact, there probably are, because that's the nature of this job, who may disagree with 100% of what I do, or hopefully 95%. But I want people at the end of it all to say, you know, that's a decent guy. Um, and to me, that is actually what matters long term. You want to be able to sit back and say, you know what? You squared with me. I could talk to you. I had I had my fair day. I had respect. And that's really what we need more of in this country. And I think that's the best way we can kind of get people to get along. So how do we get there? Because what you just what you just expressed are uh, you know, basically uh, moral compass items, right, for you that are guiding principles and solidifying your foundation and your existence on this earth. And obviously a byproduct of that is those with whom you interact, you could potentially, God willing, hoping, rub off on others and potentially see the power of kindness and, and thoughtfulness. Um, as you've grown, as your as your as your uh, your public uh, notoriety, if you will, has grown, have you noticed a difference in how people approach you? Have you noticed that there are people that is it difficult for you to distinguish who's trying to just get to know you as a friend and to learn more about the kind-hearted individual versus who wants something from you? Yeah, yeah, you know it is, it is because the people that I always want to help are the people that I've built relationships with. You know, it's the, you know, I, I get a lot of calls, I get a lot of texts, um, but the people that I really want to talk to are the ones where I know, hey, this is somebody who's there on my down day, who's there on my bright day. Hopefully somebody would talk to me after all of the titles and the flags and all that sort of stuff aren't around, me, right? And that's, that's what kind of makes a key difference. But no, it, it has been a change, a real change, because uh, I'm still the same guy. I'm still the same guy who should have seats in the 300 level, but somehow <laughs> was able to get this cool deal. And they let me into the club level for like a game, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think we are, uh, at least what I've been about. And, you know, what I always try to tell people too, is that, yeah, I'm happy to sit down with people. I'm, I'm usually happy to grab a beer, although funny story, I was walking to the crossroads the other day and these two young women were like, hey, Mayor Q, come grab a beer with us. And I'm like, I don't need pictures and all of that. You know, some people get in trouble and all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, no, I mean, I think it's it's imperative for me. I, I try to still treat everybody the same way I did 20 years ago. And I think it's important. And I, I like receiving that in kind the exact same way back. Well, 
So what you just alluded to is uh, the definition of what I call fundamentalism, right? The fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle, uh, doing things that lift you up, gravitating towards things that people or, or people that make you smile, uh, sharing a kind word to a stranger, having a little bit of fun. Right. But as you know, uh, you know, the more trials and tribulations or challenges that, that life presents to us, sometimes like fun is within our grasp. Uh, happiness is within our reach. Fulfillment is right there, but we can't see it because we're so hypersensitive to all the stuff that's not working. So my question to you is, you are a very lighthearted and fun guy. Knowing that we live in this culture right now, especially with the limelight on you and everybody looking at you specifically right now, how difficult is it for you to find your fun and to let your hair down and to be that guy that you once were? It's hard. It is actually, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, won't mince any words. It is. I mean, I, um, I, I try to, I mean, you know, escape is strong, but um, yeah, you have to make sure you're keeping yourself grounded. That's with the family that you have. That's with the friends that you've had for a long time. And that is, you know, by doing the things that are still interesting to you. So I still remember I was at a dinner and I sat next to the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, and the governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly. So Republicans and Democrats sitting there. And uh, <laughs> Governor Kelly and I talked about what we were watching on Netflix. Just random. But I loved hearing that from her too, right? Like everybody else thinks the sky is falling all of that, but you still, you still do your human things. But, and you have to make sure that you make time for that. Like I, I have this problem sometimes of waking up way too early, starting to send all these emails and all that sort of stuff. And it's so important for me to get some time out. And even when like, you know, my knee was the thing that was hurting me on the runs after skiing. And like, I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna start walking. So for a few weeks there, like I was walking to city hall every day and it's about a 20 minute walk. And you know, that was important for me to clear my mind, all of that. You have to, whatever it is, cooking, some people like to clean a lot. God bless them, because I wasn't hired <laughs> that way. My mom, <laughs> like, I just missed that bug in childhood. Um, but nevertheless, like making sure you do that sort of thing really puts you in the right space. You know what my thing is, Mayor Q? My thing that gives me strength is... I just like to smile. Smiling is my favorite. You know, I just like to smile. <laughs> Smiling is my favorite. You know, uh, you mentioned Netflix, which is something, it is a thing that... that gives a lot of people a brain pattern interrupt, if you will. You know, you convince yourself that you just want to be mindless. And uh, I'm sure you're aware I had uh, one Jermaine Reed uh, yeah. for council uh, men on the, uh, on the show. And one of the questions that we like to ask is, what are some of your old uh, favorite sitcoms or, or music or, or shows that you watched? Yeah. He, of course, busted out a uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I don't know if you ever saw the graphic. I'll send it to you. But he looked pretty amazing as Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to see that one. Now, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I uh, liked a lot of stuff. Um, and so the things that made me laugh when I was coming up, you know, Martin was a TV show on in the early 90s, if you remember it. Yeah, exactly, right? But Waka Patisha's about to drop that baby. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it was, so that was an awesome one. I always was like super into sports. So watching Marty Schottenheimer and the Chiefs try to win in the 90s was a bit depressing, but I got joy from it most of the time too. Um, and then like, I was more into to movies. So a movie I can still watch today, although, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how these things age, was like Ace Ventura. 
Yes. Weirdo like that. Uh, although a lot of us are, um, you know, it's, it's funny because Catherine O'Hara of Schitt's Creek yeah. is like winning Emmys again. But I remember oh. her as Kevin McAllister's mom or whatever from Home Alone. Um, and so those are kind of my things from from back in the 90s. But like I also got into ER like I, I was I was in that not very long. Like I was, you know, more on the early seasons. All these shows stick around forever. Like Grey's Anatomy is on yes. like season 45 or something they're like yes. anatomy is still around i'm like for real yeah so, um, you know that's been kind of some of the stuff i've gotten joey out of well uh that reminds me of a show on uh, amazon prime right now called hand of god with rob perlman have you seen this or heard of this i'm not yet no it's a really interesting show it's about a judge who you know rules the city right. read, and, about uh, read about it so i haven't watched it yet but it's intense uh but I bet an individual like you might watch that and say, oh, my gosh, there, there's a lot of parallels to what I see and deal with on a regular basis. You're right about that. So, <laughs> well, listen, man, I, I so greatly appreciate you and, and the value that you offer our city. The one thing I know for certain in my run-ins with you and what I know that you do with the community, whether it's 1K for KC through uh, the, the you know, Heart of KC Foundation and Charlie Hustle or just being out and about at various chari charity events, you're such a, a, a great guy. And so to that, I think when I hear leaders, when I hear role models, I know that nobody signs up to be that, but a lot of folks are going to see you as that, especially I think that if we look back at, at a snapshot at this time in history, you might be one of the most critical mayors that we've ever had, you know, when it's all said and done, because this is a time that's unprecedented to use another cliche term. Yeah. Yeah. If you knew today, what you, what, what you knew, or when you, if you knew today, what you knew back then, or you know what I'm saying, back yeah, then, you were saying, right? Would you still run knowing that you had all of this stuff that you had to manage? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day is such an honor. And back to that story I said before, having that mom reach out and say, can you find an opportunity for my son? Having the business owner um, say, hey, thanks for reaching out. I do this thing where I walk random neighborhoods. I was up north the other day. I actually saw like a pet kitten or something that was like a stray. Um, but, you know, having a lady who was just like, I don't know, picking up leaves. who's just like, Mayor, hey, you're in my neighborhood. Right? It's those little things that make such a tremendous difference in lives. And so, look, man, a lot of people have different jobs, all have their, their positives, all have, may have some challenges. My job is this incredible position to serve the people, not just Kansas City, but I think really the whole region. And I know you're a good regional guy too, who recognizes that, yeah, we're really all in this together. And so I'm like, if I can put a, a great foot forward for Kansas City, if I can be somebody who says, yeah, we're, we're proud to be from here. We're proud to be about it. And importantly, if I can bring other people on board to say, how do we work together better? How even in our most trying times, can we figure out that there are brighter days ahead? That's what it's about. And I get to call it work, which is just crazy. It is crazy. Uh, and I, I feel like you that uh, in that vein and that uh, we are blessed to live something and work and do something that gives us a great amount of passion. So in reflecting on this interview, uh, I'm thinking of my NBA jam days. Uh, you're running down the paint and ultimately we're wrapping it up. And this is what I hear. Oh, boom, shakalaka. You killed it. <laughs> I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, I look forward to having a beer with you someday. You are a tremendous individual and leader, ambassador for our city. To the Fundamism Podcast listener, we couldn't do this without you. There's a lot of folks that need our help right now. And uh, Dale Carter, you once said that the kind words you and I share today, we might forget, but the recipient might remember them for a lifetime. So 
go out and have some fun today, but share some fun in the lives of others because you never know what they're going through and you never know where they've been. Until we meet again, be safe, smile often, and have fun. Deuces.